Hey, it's Nick, and this is your Daily Dose. A dash of cumin, a hint of cinnamon, a pinch of HR. If there was a recipe for this episode, those would be a few of the ingredients. While human resources doesn't really have a flavor, it can leave a bad taste in your mouth when it's not done properly. That's where Bob and I start this conversation, but it sure isn't where we ended it. Bon appetit. A lot of times, human resources, they focus more on the resources than the humans, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which they're, they're treating the human beings like the machines that we are, not like the beings that we are. You know, how much can I get out of this machine as opposed to how do I encourage this machine so that it motivates itself, so that it can do all of these things that we want it to do. And one of the things that I got out of uh, Sean Acor's book about happiness was the concept that friendships at work are incredibly positive for productivity at work. Mm -hmm. And so to allow your employees to spend time socializing in each other's cubicles, you know, at the water cooler, wherever they're doing it, uh, creating these bonds is going to be good for your productivity. But they're very often so short-sighted and wanting people just to keep their nose to the grindstone, they miss that long-term deliciousness of human beings who actually like to be where they are and be together doing things together. So I I think it's funny to see. That's why I'm always pushing folks in human resources to focus on the human side, the human side. Human. How do you pronounce it? Human. I say human, but my, my wife says human. 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 Like, like there's an H there. Yeah. (sighs) Human. (laughs) I put a little human powder on top of it. It tastes delicious. (laughs) Hey, I found out that cumin, cumin is the flavor of Mexican food for me. Is it really? Yeah, I made I made empanadas and I made them with a tomato sauce base, and I felt like it was coming out kind of Italian. It tasted kind of Italian, and then I pulled out some cumin because I'd seen it recommended in a couple of recipes for empanadas. And as soon as I put that on, I'm like, ah, ole! It was very, it was much more Mexican. I didn't. So cumin is the one for you. That's if I'm going Mexican, I think okay. that's the, it's the only one, and a little oregano too, just because I like that. Have you ever, so you were tasting it before and it tasted wrong. You were thinking in your yeah. head, it has to be this. Like, have you ever taken a drink from something and you were expecting something else? Oh, yeah, which is so weird because yeah. I can be two liquids that I like, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm drinking a Diet Coke or I'm drinking a, a root beer, right? But if I'm expecting Diet Coke and I put root beer in my mouth, I, I, I do a spit gag because that was not what I expected in my mouth. Right. Uh, and yeah, that's a weird dynamic, isn't it? There's, um, so consistency in food, right? Like everybody has a different approach to, uh, uh Italian sauce, yeah, right? Yeah. Like their, their red sauce is going to be different from person to person. Everybody does it a little bit differently with Greek food though. I found myself, uh, kind of weirded out whenever I had something a little bit different. So my grandmothers mm-hmm. both make pastizzo which is the Greek version of lasagna. It's the oh. noodles and meat, but the white, uh, like a bechamel oh, yeah. uh, sauce instead of uh, red Ooh. sauce. Really what kind good. of meat? They do beef? Uh, oh, yeah, beef for the most oh, part. Yeah. And then the noodles. It's almost exactly like pastito, except it replaced the uh, white sauce with the red sauce. Nice. Um, or lasagna, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had my grandmother's in Ohio's when I was young. So I'd gotten used to eating my grandmother's every week, probably, maybe twice a week, because mm-hmm. she lived across the street from us. Nice. Oh, that's a good setup. Oh, it was great. Uh, except for my mom, who, that was her mother-in-law. And didn't like each other. <laughs> yeah, maybe too close there. But then I had hers, and she used a lot of cinnamon. 
Oh. And I was not used to that. I don't know if my grandmother down here used much less or no cinnamon at all. That's a different twist, though. Cinnamon in It that... was bizarro for me. Like, I'm expecting <laughs> oh, this food. No. I'm ex- expecting pastizza. And I take it in my mouth. And I'm like, this is not pastizza. Oh. So changed I the whole thing it. for you. Yeah, yeah oh, you I did. ate okay, it because yeah. I'm a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was not a, it was not the most positive experience. That's interesting. Yeah. That yeah. cinnamon, I, I think you could add a lot of things that it would seem like it would go with that dish. Yeah. But cinnamon, that's a surprise. It makes me want to taste it just to see what I, that's And I like. think it was different, you know, there's different areas in Greece and people make it differently based on where they're from and all of those things. But yeah, cinnamon surprised me. Your grandmother ever make anything that you just couldn't eat? You just, you just did not want to eat this food? One time, it was after Easter, so I think there was a lot of lamb dishes going back and forth. And there was this, you know, the old rotisserie package from Publix, the plastic one, like the clamshell package? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So I was like, there's this rotisserie chicken package in our fridge. And I open it up, and it's the it's the lamb's head that she had cooked for my dad. <laughs> oh, she cooks it to eat it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because oh, my dad likes the oh. stuff. Or did. That was the only time I think we've ever had that in the house. It's like an I archaeological ever... expedition to try yeah. to get like meat off of a skull. That's I don't know exactly something. how Did you ever see him eat it? Yeah. Uh, I did not, actually. Uh, but you knew that you didn't want to eat it. I knew that that was not for me. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, that's a, I think that was a good choice. That's I'm curious a... about it. Like, I feel like now I would explore maybe something along those lines, but wow. it would have to be presented not in a rotisserie chicken box <laughs> for me. I think present it, you eat with your eyes first. Yeah. And if you're eating eyes... You don't want it in a gross setting. (laughs) How do you, what is not a gross setting for eating eyes? I think you can be in the most wonderful setting. Disconcerting (laughs) setting. Yes, it is. The whole concept is, oh, I just couldn't eat a face. I didn't uh, eat rotisserie chicken for quite some time after that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not opening that. What's in there? Open the lid. Jeez. Wow. That's, that's interesting. I give that, you know. I was going to say, I don't like my grandmother's poached fish, but geez, I never encountered like an animal head in, in a refrigerator. It's like, hey, Grandma Hannibal. Grannibal. Uh, I love uh. it. <laughs> well, friends, if that didn't whet your appetite for some lamb skull stew, I really don't know what will. It seems that lately more and more of our conversations are turning toward food. In fact, it may be the crowning jewel in the triad of the Nick and Bob supertopics, Greek things, improv, and food. If there's a thread of DNA woven throughout this podcast, it's composed of those three things. And if there's a fourth element, it would be you, dear listener. Without you, we're just a couple of friends in a tandem kayak navigating our streams of consciousness. We know for sure the trip is better with you. Thanks for listening.